0: Spotics. Spotics is the nothing personal word of the day. That is the intersection of sports and politics. Spotics has been going on for a long time. I don't want to say Muhammad Ali started it because I think that'd be inaccurate. Obviously, very famous for his involvement in politics. Greatest boxer legend. But it has continued through the years and a lot during the course of this past presidential election, through the course of 2020 through COVID, et cetera. So many athletes get involved in politics right now. Some of them are very well informed. Some of them are less informed, but there's a new conversation and it's all about spotics. Why am I bringing this up today as word of the day? Because something happened in hockey. It's our second hockey segment to lead off a show recently, Coca. Hockey is in the news again. When I was growing up, my team was the New York Rangers. And I loved going to Rangers games when I could, watching Rangers games. 1994, greatest sports year of my career. Rangers win the cup. Pot Van still sucks. That probably went over your head, Coca. And the Knicks made it to game seven of the NBA finals. So the Rangers and Knicks, I'm not sure what they've done since. Not really paid attention because it's too upsetting. But the Rangers have a player on their team. And something happened that caught my eye today that caused me to think about spotics and the role that players play. I normally think about American-born players and their involvement in American politics. Once in a while, there's a player, and I and I can't remember his name, Coca, and we didn't bring it up pre-show. I wanna say it's Enos Kanter, but there's no question I could be wrong, where he could not go back to his country, and he was scared, actually, for his life, for being involved, and it was in Turkey, And there were issues in the his team and I don't remember his team. I want to say that Trailblazers, the Mavericks or some such team was trying to be as helpful as possible to keep him safe. He actually couldn't travel with the team for a little while because there are countries and my familiarity is with baseball in Cuba and Spottix in Cuba. There are countries where sports heroes are used to try to forward the agenda of either very left wing, very right wing, just generally people who are looking to rule over their citizens and using the famous celebrity status of athletes to help them. It's like in America when presidential candidates try to line up superstars and celebrities to help people go to the polls or to tape videos for them, et cetera. But that's sort of penny ante stuff compared to what happens in some of these other countries where the athletes are actually pawns in a scheme to keep power or to promulgate criminal activities, as is the case in so many of these countries. In Cuba, what Fidel Castro did with Cuban players is staggering, he would pay them nothing. He would make them play for the Cuban national team. He would guard them with armed guards so they would not defect, yet players would find a way to defect, endangering their own lives to get to freedom. Forget to get to the money in Major League Baseball. That's not the issue. Freedom, above all, you know I've uh, the conversations I had with Jose Fernandez about freedom, the price of freedom, the cost of freedom, the feeling of freedom, and the fear that players have and athletes have when they speak up against a government. One of the best parts about America is that you are free. You are free to say that which you feel, even if it makes people's hair stand up on the back of their neck. Doesn't really quite work that way in Russia. There's a star for the Rangers. His name is Artemi Punarin. Artemi Punarin, excuse me. He is a uh, hockey player for the Rangers. He's from Russia. He's very outspoken about Putin in Russia. And he's outspoken in a way that is important, but rare. As you know, Putin does not like when people say anything negative about him or his country or the way he rules. As a matter of fact, you have a better chance of being kidnapped and killed than you do of actually effectuating change. But there are people that are heroes who say, doesn't matter. I am going to say what I feel and I'm going to say what's right. And I'm going to try. I'm going to try. It's one of the great lessons you can give your children, one of the great lessons you can take for yourself. It is the lesson of effort. Nothing good happens without effort. Nothing can be accomplished without pain, sacrifice, and effort. So this hockey player has been vociferous in his criticism of Vladimir Putin, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his former coach in Russia, a guy named Andrei Nazarov, claimed that the winger got into a physical altercation with an 18-year-old woman in Latvia in 2011. Nazarov was interviewed and said, Panarin sent her to the floor with several powerful blows. That's according to a translation that was received by ESPN. What we don't talk about, what Nazarov doesn't say, is that he had criticized Punarin And his outspoken beliefs toward Putin in the past that Nazarov Nazarov has been a card carrying coach for Vladimir Putin, maybe is scared of him, maybe not, maybe believes in him, maybe not, we don't know what we know is when you are a coach in the KHL, which is a hockey league in Russia, you bet your bejesus that you're supporting Putin, because otherwise you're not going to be a coach, you may just be kidnapped if not killed or imprisoned. So now during this day and age, as Russia is very aware, what is the quickest way to get a player out of a league? What is the quickest way to get someone canceled? Other than in the NFL, of course. Domestic violence, misogyny, racism. It happens quick. Innocent till proven guilty is a concept in America only. Not only, but um, not Russia, that's for sure. You're guilty and there's no need for proof of anything. So what do you do if you're Panarin? Pernarin, excuse me. Well, he's taken a leave of absence from the Rangers and the Rangers are supporting him wholeheartedly and took the unusual step yesterday of releasing a statement about the situation. And here's what the Rangers said. Artemi vehemently and unequivocally denies any and all allegations in this fabricated story. This is clearly an intimidation tactic being used against him for being outspoken on recent political events. Artemi is obviously shaken and concerned and will take some time away from the team. The Rangers fully support Temmy and will work with him to identify the source of these unfounded allegations. I get what the Rangers are doing, but we know who the source is because it's Nazaroff. Why is he taking a leave of absence from the team? the team isn't traveling to Russia. Does, do they believe that they can't properly keep him safe? If I were the president of the Rangers, I would want him around me at all times and I would have security. We used to have resident security advisors. Every team has one in baseball. That's your first call if you're in trouble. First call if you have a situation, an issue, something that needs to be handled, a resident security agent. I would have an RSA assigned to the player until this blows over, which maybe never. In terms of him needing the leave of absence, understandable if his head is not in the game understandable if he's worried that there is a shadow lurking around every corner those type of tactics are used in spotics every day fear mongering sports needs to deal with this issue because sports has to decide are they here for the politics are they here for the product on the field are they here for the appearance that they are the moral compass and the moral center of all that ails America and other countries around the globe? Or are they gonna use their platform to actually effectuate change versus just talking about it? What will be the moment when a league like the NHL says, we've got so many players from Russia, We've gotta take a stand and stop this campaign of disinformation, to stop this campaign of violence, to stop this campaign of terror. We are going to protect our players and here's how we're going to do it. We are going to have a special security detail for all Russian players. We are gonna have a special forum for all players who are from Russia to be able to voice their concerns about Russia in an open and free way. We are going to make sure that we have set aside money that the players union and the owners come up with in order to try to help Russia and other players get out of Russia and get to the NHL. Baseball tries doing stuff like that. NBA tries doing stuff like that. And I don't mean putting something on the back of a helmet in football or putting something, a phrase on a jersey in basketball or moments of silence. I'm talking about doing things to stop the events that occur that cause the moments of silence, to stop the events that occur that cause you to put a name on a jersey or a phrase on a jersey, to stop the reign of terror that happens in these countries that causes players not to reach their full potential because they have to choose between politics and sports or safety of family and practice. Spotics is a major issue not just because I made up the word, it's a major issue right now, because leagues are dealing with a global economy, a global fan base, and they're trying to tap the global economic engine. In order to get money globally and internationally, you have to have a stronghold in that country. And it can't just be a broadcast deal. That's what I used to think, just put a broadcast deal in India, and we'll get players and we'll get fans and we'll get to tap that market. Let's get a player, let's find the next Yao Ming and we've got China. Forget what goes on in China. Forget the Spotics in China, we want the money. Shameful. It's shameful that I did nothing in 18 years to change it. I only tried to take advantage of it. I I guess I could, I mean, everyone can do more, right? Let's be honest. Can't you all do more in your jobs? Can't you all do more in your family, in your life? And at some point you just say, I'd rather play a game or watch a show or watch a movie because doing something and making change sucks because it's hard. And sometimes you plant seeds for trees whose shade you will never enjoy. And I took that to heart running the team, building up the franchise. but I never was able to have a feeling of planting seeds for change in the spotics world. I tried to block and tackle, put out fires, things that come up that second, deal with them. When you make change, it's not about putting out fires. It's about planting seeds of change. 18 years I had to do it. Kevin Mather had 26 years to do it. 26 years vanished. Who remembers yesterday's show? We did 23 minutes on this show. Went on Lebitard as well, not on a Thursday, and talked about Kevin Mather and the comments he made at the Rotary Club in Bellevue, Washington. And I told you, wait to see. He will be terminated or resign post-haste. I was a wimp yesterday, and I said before the start of the season, but if I were really on my game, I would have said before the sun sets. We heard nothing yesterday. Crickets. Then the players' union came out with a statement, which we're going to talk about, and then it was announced that Kevin Mather indeed resigned. The owner, John Stanton, said, before we had a chance to terminate him, he resigned. That is absolutely not true. Nobody in the middle of a long-term contract gets the ability to walk in and resign prior to being terminated. You wanna get paid. Even if you're gonna be terminated for cause, you don't resign because you keep open your litigation possibilities to get paid on your contract. But it doesn't matter. He's gone. No longer in Seattle, no longer in baseball, no longer on any committees, no longer giving speeches to anyone. He'll now go into a period of complete quiet and disappear, and then he will try to start again a few appearances here or there in the community. He'll go full Matt Lauer, be seen out in the streets, start the apology tour, start meeting with different constituents. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what John Stanton said and then what happened between the commissioner and John Stanton. The reason why there was a delay. You know, I ran a team very differently than people do today. I didn't sleep a lot. I had an owner, Jeffrey Laurie, who was always available, always reachable because he didn't sleep a lot either and always answered his phone. I was able to access the commissioner at any time, day or night, or someone who works for the commissioner, whether it be Dan Hallam or someone else. When something happened of an acute nature with the team, I don't need to wait to try to reach someone by phone to discuss what the plan is. I'm on the phone immediately to the owner. We have a plan in place, and then we tell the commissioner what the plan is. In this case, John Stanton was speaking to the commissioner, maybe even received a call from the commissioner. Hey, John, uh, we got a problem. And the problem is not about... My anger that Kevin Mather talked about translators and interpreters, that he said that Kyle Seeger's overpaid, that you were sullying your prospect, Julio Rodriguez, and his inability to speak English when, in fact, he does speak English. That's not the issue, Kevin. That's not the issue, John. The issue for us at the commissioner's office is that you started an absolute shitstorm about bargaining. You were honest about service time manipulation. You can't be when you're in the chair. Let Samson do it. He's not a president anymore. But a current team president cannot admit that there is service time manipulation. Of course there is, and everyone knows it. The union knows it. The owners know it. The commissioner knows it. The players know it. Everyone knows it. However, it's unspoken. It's unwritten. Shh. Be very, very quiet, be very, very quiet. Kevin Mather was not quiet about the service time manipulation and the union took advantage. The union released a statement talking about how disappointing it is that owners and team presidents think this way and act this way. How little regard they have for players and for our system. The union knew very well before releasing that statement how owners thought, except when you have an actual team president, say it while he's team president, and you're going into a collective bargaining negotiation, you get to release that type of statement. That then causes MLB to release a statement. MLB statement saying, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He doesn't speak for us, I'll tell you that. We play by the rules and I guarantee you that whatever Kevin Mather was saying, he had no power over players. He had nothing to do with any moves on the field. He's rogue, baby, R-O-G-U-E. Forget about the his view of foreign-born players. I don't care about that. That's what they're saying in baseball. John Stanton, the owner, was told to say in his statement, I have no idea what anyone's talking about. Kevin Mather could talk about players until he's <clears throat> blue in the face blue in the face. And guess what? He has nothing to do with the on-field product. I just want to give you the quote from his statement because it was pretty good when he said his comments were inappropriate. They don't represent our organization's feelings about our players, staff, and fans. There's no excuse for what was said, and I won't try to make one. I offer my sincere apology. Nice. We have a lot of work to do to make amends, and that work is already underway. What did they do yesterday to start the men's? Did they call the players? Did they call Iwakuma and say, I'm sorry, your interpreter's definitely going to be hired at 75 grand. We'll give them a little raise too. Hey, Julio, it's John Stanton. Yeah, the owner. Listen, ignore Kevin. I'm very proud of everything you've done. No. Everyone in the Seattle Mariners remains committed to our mission of winning on the field and serving our fans and communities off the field. We will demonstrate that commitment through our actions. I mean, this statement is obviously from Statement 101. He goes on to talk about the fact that Jerry DePoto is the GM. He's in charge of all on-field moves. He's in charge of when players are called up and when they're not. Horse hockey. There is not one president of baseball operations or one GM who has the sole voice in when a player gets called up. Not one. The team president and the team owner are consulted with roster management moves, not 5% of the time, not 95% of the time, 100% of the time. We would not allow a player to be called up, nor would any other team, any other executive, hard stop, period, end of story. Don't say it, John, when you know it's not true. Don't try to tell people it's raining and you are pissing on their legs, especially now. Hi, I'm Jerry DePoto, I run the Seattle Mariners, and I'll decide when Jared Kelnick is called up. Really? Nah, we're going to call him up right now. Do you think Tatis was called up by the Padres, by A.J. Preller? They can hug all they want during the press conference. They can show love. And A.J. Preller can say all he wants to Fernando Tatis Jr. Hey, Fernando, the owners, by the way, they'll sell out their owners believe me. Hey, the owners were going to keep you down for part of April, but no, no. I wanted you on the team immediately. It's like the Mets GM saying, oh yeah, Pete Alonzo, I chose for you to be on the team, not the Wilpons. I wonder if the Wilpons knew they were selling the team and didn't care when Pete Alonso was going to hit arbitration. Who would ever do something in contemplation of a sale? It's outrageous. <laughs> Who would plan like that? I'm not trying to make a joke of what Kevin Mather did. I am trying to say that all the statements that went back and forth were on the wrong issues. The union was focused on service time manipulation. The league was focused on it. John Stanton was focused on it. And I was far more focused on misogyny, on the events of 2018, on the loose lips about how he felt about interpreters and players who don't speak English. That's what causes you to be terminated. A little dose of honesty? Is that the position that MLB wants to take? Let's hold on one second. Is the position that the Mariners in baseball want to take is that he was terminated for the honesty about the service time manipulation? No, that's not a good position to take under any scenario. It is far better to take the position that in totality, what Kevin Mather did on February 5th confirmed what we hoped not to be true, confirmed that we thought after 2018 that Kevin Mather would improve himself and be a better man, just be better, as Coco would say. And we now know for certain that he wasn't. I had no idea John Stan could say, but he wouldn't be telling you the truth because, of course, he knows his team president. He talks to him every single day. I had no idea he thought this way or that way. I had no idea he had the feelings that he had. I had no idea that he knew when players were brought up or not brought up. Come on. Be better. All of you. So what they're doing in Seattle right now, day two, PM, post-Mather. They're trying not to take calls from the commissioner's office. But they're in spring training and the media is going to be there to talk to players today. They were closed to the media yesterday. What you're doing, if you're the president of the team, which is now John Stanton, the owner and president and CEO, you are going down to meet your team. If you are not in Arizona, you are getting on a plane and getting to Arizona post-haste. And you are sitting with your players You are starting with a one-on-one with Kyle Seeger. You are starting with a one-on-one with the Ukama. You are starting with a one-on-one with Julio Rodriguez. Then you are meeting the entire team. And what you are saying to them is very simple. I'm sorry. It is a very poor reflection of me as an owner that I employed him as a president. You are going to sell Kevin Mather so far under the bus because you've got to find a way to have separation. Separation that's super hard to accomplish with a 26-year employee trying to prove that a 26-year employee had nothing to do with culture, that the fact that you swept under the rug what he did in 2018 with a simple note to the file and some settlements to some women, you now have to own it because the players are going to give you one more chance. The media will give you one more chance. Your fans will give you one more chance as an owner, John. You can't talk to performance on the field because you don't have that to hide behind. But once you meet with your players, after the one-on-ones, then you meet the media. And when you're meeting the media, you talk to the media as though they are your fan base and you count on your fan base. Don't do it through a statement. Don't through it, don't do it through anything other than a direct communication through the media talking to your livid fan base. We hear you, we acted immediately. I'm sorry it took till the middle of the day, that's my fault. The minute I saw the video of that exchange, I should have terminated Kevin. I shouldn't have given him a chance to resign. I should have known the speeches that my president makes. I should have been in better touch with my communications officer to understand all appearances, knowing Kevin the way I did, knowing that there's an opportunity for him to say the wrong thing or to feel the wrong way, given what happened in 2018. I pledge to you not to talk about it anymore. I pledge to you to act. And here's the first action I've done. Our culture inside our offices is completely changed now. Here are the people in place to make sure that there will be no workplace harassment ever again. Here is what's in place on the baseball side that started today. We give all of our executives now a list of players We let them talk to the players, interact with the players so they know for themselves the great attributes that our players have. The great ability they have to give interviews, to speak English, to speak multiple languages, to do things in the community. We are making sure that every executive gets a list of every single community initiative that all of our players have because our players do things for you all the time and we want them to be recognized. Yes, we have a business to run. Yes, we have failed you on the field. But what took place on February 5th will never underscore, capitalize, never happen again under my watch, because I'm going to tell you something right now, ladies and gentlemen of Seattle. My name is John Stanton. I'm the owner of the team, and it all stops and starts with me. If we have one more employee who engages in workplace harassment, if we have one more employee who says something publicly, that shows a level of intolerance and racism. Do you know what I'm going to do? I am going to step down. I will sell the team because I care more about Seattle and you, the fans, than I do about me owning this team. That's the difference that we're going to make every single day from this day forward. Please allow us to do it. That's what you do if you're John Stanton, because this story is not going away. This story has legs. And in media and in PR, when a story like this has legs, you can't quash it. You have to make a new story. And there's only one type of story the Mariners can do. When we do wait to see's by the way, we'll tell you when they happen and when they don't. The wait to see yesterday is Mather will be terminated and resigned. And he did. That was a yes. Baseball needs some stories right now to try to distract from the negativity that exists, the fighting between owners and players and union. Mike Trout is a big story in baseball every year this time. The hope of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, the feeling that this will be the year that they will finally make the playoffs. Mike Trout meets the media and he gets asked the same question every year. What can you do better? What can the team do better? What do the Angels need? Mike Trout said, I hear it every year. The only way to change that is to get to the playoffs. I'm tired of hearing people say, hey, Mike, is adding this guy or that guy going to help? Well, given that you make $400 million and that you are, in theory, the best player in baseball on a team that has made the playoffs once in your career and you're about to hit one and a half score in age... You better be ready to answer that question every year until your team performs, especially given the fact that whatever your team does, they're signing free agents, they sign pitchers, they sign hitters, and they still stink year after year after year. It's never good enough. Do you know what I would ask? What I would ask Mike Trout? How do you feel, Mike, that the former Marlin Brad Penny has more career postseason hits than you do? Brad Penny has two career postseason hits. Mike Trout has one. How do you feel that Brad Penny has more postseason career runs batted in than you do? Penny has two. Trout has banana zero. I don't know why I said banana. I meant donut. Can you imagine we live in a sport where Brad Penny has better offensive stats than Mike Trout? Brad Penny's obviously a pitcher who pitched for us. Pitch game one of the World Series. Phenomenally well against David Wells. Our rotation was upside down because of the championship series against the Cubs. The Yankees rotation was upside down because of their championship series against the Red Sox. So all this talk about having a number one starter and starting the first series of a playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. In any case, Brad Penny is a better offensive player than Mike Trout. So what does baseball do? Well, Mike Trout gets to talk about other stuff as well. He said something fascinating to me and it made headlines. And I want to explain what it meant, if you don't mind. Mike Trout told the media that he talks to Tony Clark, who is the head of the Players Union every single day, probably once a day, as the Players Union is now preparing uh, for the to bargain a new agreement. You know, the collective bargain agreement runs out after 21. There are concerns about a work stoppage. There are great concerns that they couldn't even get a universal DH extended playoffs deal. There are concerns that even things that are good for the game that both sides agree with, that they still can't get done. Mike Trout then said the magic words, quote, I'm just learning new stuff about it, meaning the CBA. And when stuff comes up about it that he asked me, I answer. Hopefully it gets resolved and everything coming up because MLB is a great thing for our country, especially now during the pandemic, and we need it to go forward. Here's a hint to the players and the owners. If you didn't figure it out last year, the world doesn't need baseball to go forward. It doesn't need basketball. It doesn't need any sports to go forward. It needs vaccines. And you can't tell me that the players understand that they need to make a deal when they hire Bruce Mayer, who was hired to fight only. That is what he does only. You can't tell me the players feel they want the game to help the country move forward. And you're speaking to Tony Clark every day when Tony Clark has to explain to you why there's no expanded playoffs or no universal DH, or no delay of spring training. You can't have it both ways. And by the way, speaking to Tony Clark once a day, Tony Clark, from the last collective bargaining agreement that I was involved with, cares a lot about the players, wants to talk to the players. He was a player. He likes player safety, player security, player benefits, player comfort. Here's a little hint. Don't tell anyone, Coca. Just can we cut just this part for Mike Trout? So Mike just hears this. Hey, Mike, the owners are super happy to give in to all of that player comfort crap like a chef in the kitchen and extra seats on the bus and plane and better hotels. Do you know why? We don't care. We're interested in economics. You're going to trade us something economic related for player comfort? You ought to be speaking to Bruce Mayer and finding out the exact economic issues you want to change, including how pre-arbitration players are paid, how the arbitration system works, how to get teams not to tank and to increase their payrolls, how to get more demand for players in the middle class, and how to get the younger players paid sooner and faster. Those are economic issues that are tough bargaining issues that you should be discussing with your players union. So you have a plan of action of what you want and then start negotiating now. I'm frustrated because baseball is heading toward a problem. And I've told you on the show, I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to do it till I'm red in the face and my diaphragm hurts. If there is no universal DH and expanded playoff announced before the April first starts of the season, that will be the single most telling thing about the work stoppage that's going to take place at the conclusion of the 2021 season. It's not even a wait to see. We'll be right back. We got a big time movie to talk about. And then we're going to get to uh Jeff Bezos. We'll be right back on nothing personal.
1: Support your journey to wellness at dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
0: Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thanks for being with us. We review a movie every single day. We watch a movie every single day, no matter what. It's funny, beginning of the show... And I know you listen to that because the retention's great. You follow us on Twitter at David P. Sampson. Ask questions. That'd be nice. Follow us on Instagram, maybe, if you have it. See what we're going to do in Clubhouse, although we haven't started that yet, Coca. We really have to. I was, again, up till all hours of the night listening listening in on all these rooms. But please download and subscribe our podcast. Tell your friends. We're getting toward the end of February. I watched a movie with Tom Hanks who has to be on my Mount Rushmore favorite actors. He made a movie called News of the World. It's about a man who travels the country reading newspapers to people because that's how news gets disseminated, not through the internet, through papers. And often there were people who couldn't read the papers. So Tom Hanks would go from city to city reading the papers to the citizens. And what Tom Hanks would do is put a slant on the news Let's see if you can see anything that somewhat resembles 2020 or whatever year we're in. He puts a slant on the news in order to effectuate change that he wants in a particular city that he's in. Huh. Do any networks put slants on the news in order to further their own theories or their own political views? Who would ever do that? News of the World is not a political movie. It's a fascinating movie about his desire to save a girl. And Coca, I completely blanked out, but she's nominated this little girl for Best Supporting Actress in the Golden Globes. She's actually a highly decorated um, little girl. For, I want to say her name is Helena, but I don't think that's right. Oh, it is. Helena, I can't hear you. Zenga? Helena Zenga plays a girl who is an orphan and Tom Hanks is returning her to somewhat sort of a family through the Wild West. They go through tons of travails. man. People back then had it hard. When our Wi-Fi goes out, we literally blow a vein in our neck, right? Can you imagine before cars? Can you imagine when the only way to get information was on horseback and hope to have some guy coming to read the newspaper? And yet you're trying to figure out what one side of the country has to do with the other side of the country, what one side of the country is thinking or feeling or doing, or you're out there in the Wild West trying to secure land or you're just done with a civil war? Holy crap. What? You can't hear me? My Wi Fi's down? Hello? Uh oh. I think my Wi Fi just went down. What do I do? do I, wait a minute. I got a, I got a cell phone that I can use to call someone to fix the Wi Fi. Come on. I think we got it good. News of the World is a movie worth seeing. If you have a chance to see it, please do a great performance by Tom Hanks, a wonderfully written and acted and cerebral movie that has quite a message at the end, quite a message at the end. Nothing personal, pick of the day. Are we considered hot cocoa, would you say? We had the Mavericks minus five over the Vancouver Grizzlies. By the way, they're the Memphis Grizzlies, but someone DM'd me wanting me to talk about why the team left Vancouver. And I think I'm gonna put that in a mailbag, maybe in the March mailbag. Our February mailbag is going to come out later this week and it is booked full. Thank you so much for all the questions everyone asked, by the way. So the Mavs five over the Grizzlies was a winner. We're now 23 and 18 folks. Do you remember how slow we started? We're back. All right. I got a pick. I can't figure out why the Blazers are getting eight from the Nuggets. The Nuggets were my team. I picked them to win the conference. They've been disappointing. Murray's been fine. The Joker's been great, but for whatever reason, the bubble feeling that I had about the Mavericks and the bubble feeling I had about the Heat, although the Heat have won four out of their last seven on a tough road trip. It just feels as though the bubble may not be indicative of what this current season is going to be like. The Trail Blazers have a player who's not starting in the All-Star game. He should be starting the All-Star game. If you tell me that Damian Lillard is not one of the top 10 players in the NBA, then you're just not watching the NBA. Blazers plus eight, we're definitely taking that. All right, Coca, let's do a segment to end this show.
1: You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson.
0: I want to talk to Samson. Special shout out to someone who got into my Twitter DMs and did a So You Want to Talk to Samson with a gif of Samson from Half-Baked. Special shout out to everyone who does So You Want to Talk to Samson's at David P. Samson on Twitter and is honest with me about where the questions come from hey, I just finished half-baked and I must say I'm totally baked. Here's my question. Hey, I haven't watched half-baked. I'm not baked, but I have a question about this. Hey, I'm a quarter-baked right now. What do you think of that? Well, this person asked a question and did not tell me what his or her or their level of baked was. But here is the question. Do you think Jeff Bezos will buy a football team? Thank you for asking a current question that I wanted to talk about today because rumors have come out that Jeff Bezos has engaged a firm called Mogan company been in contact Mogan company is John Moog is someone who I've known for a couple decades. The consulting business and sports doesn't like me very well because got a stadium bought and sold teams without hiring outside consultants. Outside consultants are there. We talked about with the Mets deal, how much money Steve Greenberg made to get the Mets sold to the person who was going to buy them to begin with. I guess they just do work that other people don't want to do, but I was happy to do. Happy to have meetings, happy to go into the diligence room and put documents in there and answer questions and meet with everybody, negotiate everything, deal with the lawyers. Jeff Bezos is the second richest man in America behind Elon Musk at current stock prices. I believe that's current. I didn't look today. Jeff Bezos has had an interest in owning an NFL team. He has recently bought a large house. He owns many houses, so that's not really indicative of anything. In the Washington, D.C. area. Does he want to buy the Washington football skins? Well, are they for sale? There's a lawsuit going on between Daniel Snyder and his limited partners. Is he willing to buy a limited partnership share of the Washington football skins from the current limited partners and become partners with Daniel Snyder? No chance, toilet pants. Jeff Bezos wants to buy a team and run it. He stepped down from being the day-to-day guy at Amazon, effective whenever. There are people in this world who realize there is LBO, and that's not a leverage buyout. LBO is life before ownership. And then there is ABT. Life before ownership and then after buying team. Ask Steve Ballmer. Ask Steve Cohn. While Jeff Bezos may be recognizable, maybe not. The ego that gets fed when you buy a team and own a team is far greater than building the great big company of Amazon. Trust me, I've spoken to titans of industry through my career and the feeling they get as owners of a team far outweighs their feelings of building up a business from zero to multiple billion dollars of sales every 36 hours. Having Jeff Bezos as an owner in the NFL is a dream come true for Roger Goodell. And if Rob Manfred was smart, we're smart he would contact Jeff Bezos and try to get him into baseball. If Gary Bettman were smart, he'd have Jeff Bezos buy four or five NHL teams. If Adam Silver were smart, he would have a team sold to Jeff Bezos. Akshav, N-O-W right now. You want someone like that, someone with a platform like that, someone who has the ability to actually drive revenue in your league, to actually potentially be a competitor to the networks in order to get greater revenue broadcast deals going forward. The NFL is trying to double its broadcast deals right now. Disney's already balking at the doubling of the broadcast. They need more competitors. Amazon is going to be a competitor. If Jeff Bezos has ownership of a team, he will have interest on both the team side on the distribution side. It is a slam dunk for him to own a team. What do you do if you're Dan Snyder? What do you do if you're the owner of any of the teams in the NFL? hello, Jeff, Um, our team's for sale for a tidy two and a half bill or four bill or six bill, just whatever is put into your checking account for when Amazon, here's how we'll do the deal. When Amazon goes up by a dollar, sell some and we'll close then. You won't even know the difference. It may go back down again. It may go up more, but either way, it's not even pocket change, and it's. I don't want to count other people's money. I don't like counting other people's money. I don't like telling other people how to spend his, her, or their money. But what I can tell you is he is the exact type of owner who can buy an entire NFL team, drive up the valuations for the other 31 teams that he doesn't buy, all in one swipe of a debit card. Right now, the leagues are jumping all over each other. Contact Jeff Bezos. Do you know that Forbes, which we don't pay attention to, values the Washington football skins at $3.5 billion? Let's just pretend that Daniel Snyder needs a premium to sell. Let's pretend that he wants to finish with the lawsuit. Let's pretend that Dan Snyder has had enough negativity. I don't think it's true, but let's pretend. $3.5 billion is not going to get it done, Jeff. You're going to need to go to 4.7. You're going to have to pay a premium and you're going to have to lose money and that's how it goes because you're going to hold the team. Maybe you'll give it to your children. Maybe as part of your estate planning, you'll give them Amazon stock and not the team. Maybe you'll sell Amazon stock to pay taxes on your estate. Who knows what you're going to do? Maybe you'll give all the money away in your lifetime like some of the other extremely wealthy philanthropists. Doesn't matter. Pay four and a half billion. Get Daniel Snyder out of the game. It's one of the great win-wins in the history of football. Wait to see, folks. I've got to wait to see for Jeff Bezos right now and for all of you. Jeff Bezos will buy a team and it will be a professional sports team before 2022 season. And it will be an NFL team. Jeff Bezos will be an owner. He will find a way and find a team before the 2022 season. That's not this season. This season's 21. 2022, that's the way to see. Are we going to be around? Wait to see, but that's the way to see. Now, when Jeff Bezos buys an NFL team, and pays a premium that's unheard of and raises the value of every single team. He'll walk into his first ownership meeting. He'll introduce themselves because it won't be virtual. Everyone will be vaccinated by then. He'll look around at the room and he'll say, hello, folks, my name's Jeff. And this is all business. Sorry, Danny, it's nothing personal.